This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Amy Razdow. Amy traded her corporate job for consulting 15 years ago. Amy founded Billable at the Beach to liberate six-figure earners by helping them build six-figure consulting businesses. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me today, Roman. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, so I am a silicon kid. My dad was an early Silicon Valley semiconductor guy. Um, And in fact, when we moved there, we had been living in the Los Angeles area. So although we didn't live in Hollywood or Beverly Hills, it's the land of those kinds of things. So we moved to Northern California, what's now known as Silicon Valley. And the whole place was fruit orchards. And we thought, what kind of boonies have our parents moved us to with all of this farming? You know, what are we doing here? Um, And of course, we didn't know in those days that it, it would eventually become Silicon Valley. So I really grew up in the world of technology and startups. All of the dinner tables that I sat around growing up, including my own, everyone was doing technology and startups, even though we had fruit orchards. So it was either you either grew fruit or you did technology. And I didn't really have any idea that there was anything in between. So when I headed off to college, I planned to do a technology thing. Um, And so I started out in software development, computer science. Oddly enough, I know that you have a, a very interesting assortment of guests, which I love. Athletes, performers, you pull from all different. I think there's great lessons to be learned. So I actually went to undergrad on a music scholarship. But I knew that I didn't want to turn what's one of my greatest passions into something that had to pay the bills. I had a piano teacher when I was a senior in high school, and she said, look, Amy, because I was really struggling with what do I choose to major in in college? And she said, I have to teach 40 piano students a week to be able to pay the rent. And not all of them are as passionate as you are about that. So be careful how you choose. And that really affected me, that advice. But I couldn't give it up. So I had a music scholarship and I also studied computer science. So that turned out to be a great combination. By the end of it, I decided that I also wanted to attend a French university for a year. So by the time I learned enough French to to go there for a year and had that experience, I ended up with a French degree also. So that really was, the French degree wasn't a goal, it was the byproduct of the experience. Worked for a few as a software engineer, then I went to business school. I decided that sitting in a cubicle crunching code all day um, was too isolating for me, even though part of me loved that. And there are occasionally days now when I wish I could just go back to that cubicle and write code all day and have nobody bother me. That sounds good on some days now. But so what I really wanted to do was to be a startup technology CEO. 
So I got my technical experience. I went to business school. Out of business school, I set about getting all of my cross-functional rotations so I would really be ready. I started out with big company. I jumped off and did some startups. I learned about fundraising and boards and venture capitals. Then I did one that was bootstrapped. And I learned about, you know, you're sitting there and you're looking out at 60 people and it's Wednesday and you're not quite sure how you're going to make payroll on Friday and you, you're calling clients, you know, uh, asking, uh, you know, that check, hey, I'm going to be in your building today. I could just pick it up and you run it straight to the bank. And it, it was so much fun. I loved it. It was great. But eventually that I decided, I decided that being a CEO was overrated and underpaid and I jumped off and started doing my own consulting. So... I realized that I could use all of my skills, serve the same types of people, but have freedom, flexibility, control, really control my career path, really control how much money that I made. Um, And so that was fantastic. I loved that. So that was more than 15 years ago. And what happened is as I started doing my outreach for my consulting business, every time I would do my outreach, I would get a few people who come back and they would say, you know, Amy, I don't have a project for you, for your consulting business, but I've been thinking about doing consulting. It seems like you're doing really well. You seem to love it. You're always so excited about it whenever I talk to you. Can we talk? And I would say, well, sure. And then I would think, well, what do I want to tell them? What do I love? What do I hate? What do I wish I would have known? What would I do differently? And I started to accumulate a body of material. So all of a sudden, I have this thing that's starting to look like a product. And I have all this market demand because I'm always being asked. And I launched almost 10 years ago, Billable at the Beach, which is a program that helps people start their own consulting business. 10 years ago, it was just an offline one-on-one program that I mostly did in, in the, the community where I live. Um, I live, happen to live in San Diego. And then a couple of years ago, I discovered this whole online world. I had two years ago, Roman, I had never, I, maybe I'd heard the word podcast. I had certainly never listened to one or had a conversation with somebody on a podcast. I had no idea that there were online courses and platforms. And I kind of knew about Facebook to keep up with high school classmates but I didn't know about groups and advertising and this whole online world that's so interesting. And I realized that beyond helping the people in my local community, I could reach people all over the world. So at this point, I've I've worked with people from Kenya and um, New Zealand all around the world. So it's been really a great journey. I have loved it. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and in terms of kind of me and in, in the marketing industry that I've been in, I started and, and saw things on the agency side and started my own agency. And like you said, if you're on your own and you go directly in terms of consulting or you have anything in terms of services that you start doing yourself instead of working for somebody else, like example, I've had a lot of clients on the agency side that were in pharma life sciences. So their budgets are like astronomical for marketing. So one agency I was working at in terms of managing a team and tactical planning and basically giving advice and and guidance for that pharmaceutical company, that agency was charging $40,000 for eight hours of my time a month. So in in terms of what I was getting a salary versus them making, you know, in excess of $500,000, it's one of those things where, you know, you command that skill set and experience and you can 
take it, obviously it's a little uncertain in terms of where the, the next check may come from in terms of working from yourself, but it can be, you know, exponentially more rewarding. Well, and I don't think, I think a lot of people that I work with, they have two misconceptions about consulting. They, they think first that if you have all this freedom, flexibility, and control, that it's going to be a big pay cut, right? If I can literally work from my sailboat, um, then it's going to be a pay cut. And it's not for the reasons that you've just said, I can still offer huge value to my clients, have them have it be a really good value and kind of meet in that middle ground, $40,000. And it's funny that you mentioned pharma because my background is mostly medical devices. So I actually play in that kind of pharma life sciences, medical device space where I can serve those people and, it's, and it really works well for both of us. The second big misconception is I think a lot of people consider jumping off and doing consulting is what people do when they can't actually find a job. Because in fact, it is sometimes what people do when they can't find a job. And sometimes that leads to a great career path, but it's not. I have so much more impact on my clients now than I did as an employee because there's a certain mystique about being a consultant. They're paying you a lot of money you're usually sponsored by one of the executives. And I remember calling my dad early when I was doing it. I said, dad, I have to be careful what I tell these people because they do it. <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't monkey around here. I have to be serious. But as long as we're doing this work, if you can really have high impact, it's so much more rewarding than not having that impact on the people that we're serving. Yeah, I agree. And like you mentioned also before, in terms of the internet and being able to reach people globally, and I think it's even more impactful with obviously the global climate and the pandemic shutdowns, economic slowdowns. So I think being able to reach people and add value around the world and, and put your expertise out there that they may have not heard you in person or been a client directly in terms of a company, I think is huge as well. So what's one thing that currently motivates you to succeed? Obviously, those motivations may have changed over time, but what currently motivates you to succeed? Okay, so I have, uh, today I guess it's my day of twos because I have, I have, I'll make it quick, but I have two things. First of all, I was just, I was born into a family that really supported goals and success. So if I were to call my mom today and say, you know what, mom, I'm going to be in the next Olympics and I'm going to be a gymnast. So I found a saying lately that I really love, which is age is just a number and mine is unlimited, but I am well past the age of being an Olympic gymnast, which is a, a thing that you need to be very young to do. She would say, Amy, here's my credit card. Buy me a ticket. I want to make sure I don't miss it. And she would say that without missing a beat and she would be completely serious. And that's how I was raised. Anything that we put on the table, my parents just said, okay, let's do it. You can do it. And there was never any doubt. So I grew up in an environment that was like that. I'm sure that I don't fully realize the good fortune of that because that's so much. And the other thing is I have created this great career and lifestyle that all blend together in an amazing way. There is nothing special about me except my mom that thinks I can still be an Olympic gymnast, which is pretty special. But beyond that, there's nothing special about me. Other people can do this too. And I really want 
I really want people to know that. I want people to know. And so one of my superpowers is being able to to help somebody do something and get them to do something. My superpower is understanding what each company or person needs. So today you might need to just call one person. Somebody else might need their, their assignment to be send an email to 300 people, you know? And so my ability to discern what's your next step that's going to get you there and breaking it down into I call it baby steps, but steps that work for each individual or company, because I do this with my corporate consulting clients and with my billable at the beach people um, so that people can keep taking steps and you really can get there. And it's just step by step by step. I'm a super practical person. Um, So being able to take those steps to be able to get there. So I'm really motivated. I'm not I have certain mindset, but I'm not a mindset coach. So I'll talk about that a little bit, but then I'll tell you exactly the action steps that will get you where you want to go and where you want to be. And I can share with my people all the mistakes that I've made and hopefully save them from at least some of those mistakes. So those are the things that really light me up. Yeah, that's awesome. I think having someone in your corner that supports you in that way, it's huge. A parent, you know, a family member, a friend, I can see it firsthand. My wife and I are foster parents. In the last two and a half years, we've fostered uh, 22 kids. So we've seen them come in in terms of a lot of the stuff that they've been going through, things that they've seen or happened to them. And then simply being there, obviously showing affection, love and support how they can make a complete change around. And, you know, sometimes in like a month or two months, they're completely different kids, completely different, like focuses, goals. Um, And I think it it plays a huge uh, role if you have someone like that in your life. Right. And right from the beginning, how lucky, right? And how lucky those kids are to have you and your wife. The impact that you're making on the world through those kids is amazing. Yeah. And then it's all in your head. So you have your mom, if somebody, if you had a negative person like that too, just, you know, it's a bad idea. Don't do it. And it's the exact opposite. It's going to dissuade you from doing something, undertaking something, excuse me. And like you said, also kind of taking those small steps in terms of you helping companies. A lot of people don't see the process. They just want to get somewhere and don't understand like the pitfalls in that process. Like you said, the experience you bring or the, the little step, the little steps that actually add up to wherever you want to go. Absolutely. My best um, target client in my consulting business are those genius startup entrepreneurs who have this amazing vision but there's no way they can get there. And so I become that person's best friend and break it down into all the steps and work really behind the scenes. And that's what I love to do. And that same ability plays into helping people build their consulting business in perhaps a less dramatic way, but affecting those people and really breaking it down into the little steps that work and get you there. Yeah, I agree. I think like startup founders, uh, other people in terms of kind of that drive and vision, the the worst thing that they have is themselves in the way. So they can't get get out of their own way. And in terms of like hesitation, they always want something to be perfect, but not good, not putting it out and letting the market decide. So really having people understand that. And if you have something that's kind of good enough, see what people feel about it, see what the market feels about it. Because if you want it to be perfect, it'll never be quite perfect. 
One of my favorite sayings is done is better than perfect. And in 80% is really what we're shooting for. Now I'm going to make one caveat and that is in the world of medical devices. When you're shipping a product, you have to make that sure that the 80% covers all the safety issues. And then the nice to haves and the features and the bells and whistles can fall into the other 20. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. So what's one thing that you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? I think that my biggest weakness is the fact that I think I don't have any weaknesses. (laughs) So um, be glad that you're not married to me because that could be a really obnoxious thing. Um, We have a whole, I come from a long line of know-it-alls and now I have my own family full of know-it-alls. But so I, I do actually try to be aware that that's a flaw and I need to be careful and make sure that I'm still humble at the same time. But it, it has made me fearless. And I'm not so much, since I'm so practical, I'm not fearless like I want to go climb Mount Everest because the practical side of me says, you know, Amy, there's not actually enough oxygen at the top of Mount Everest for human beings to breathe. But in terms of just being willing to try things and go out there, the done is better than perfect, get it out there. The, the fail fast, some of those ideas, what gives me the courage to um, get on a stage with 10,000 people and I don't care, uh, throw out new products, try new things, that, that flaw of not seeing my weaknesses is what gives me the ability to, to do some of the things that I do. Yeah, and I think it's confidence also. So if you're an expert in your field, you're an expert in in that field, but you're also self-aware that there's other things you may not be an expert in, and that's fine. But focusing on and being confident in that, I think is key in terms of projecting your value as well to, you know, a potential client or company. I, I agree. Hiring experts or having experts do the expert stuff is important. Like many of your listeners, I got new Ikea office furniture during the pandemic, (laughs) but I didn't put that stuff together myself or my husband, right? We hired a guy who that's all he does is put together Ikea furniture and he comes in and he whips it up really fast. So I am also a big believer in um, just being an expert in what I'm an expert in. Yeah, I agree. So what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience, personal or professional? So I have one, this time I don't have two things, I only have one. (laughs) I have kind of, I guess I would call it a credo that I live by that really spans the range from personal to professional. And it is never compromise your ethics, integrity, or the quality of your work. So on the personal side, it speaks a lot to ethics and morals and kind of your personal value system. But if you believe that those things aren't relevant to business, I do believe they're relevant to business. But if you want to take a really cold, cruel look and say, I don't care about any of that stuff, it makes good business sense, right? Quality at the end of the day is is, is the, the sustainable thing that we really have. We all know that Um, people share a bad experience 10 times more than they share a good experience. So it's a little bit more of a long-term view, but it always, always wins to follow that philosophy. So if I'm struggling with something, um, I find that if I go back to that, it will always guide me in the best direction. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think it's important to understand what your core values are because they reflect and project what your business is. If you're um, a consultant, if you have a company, you have to be built on something. And usually if you founded it, it it's reflective in who you are, your values and the people you hire. So once you understand that, it's a lot easier also to maneuver certain situations that go against who you are. Because if you have that foundation, you're not likely to kind of work in this gray area as well. Right. Absolutely. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Yes. Thanks for having me, by the way. It's been really great. Um, You can find all of my information at billableatthebeach.com. And I wanted to just point out or call attention, if you think you might be interested in sticking a toe in the water on trying your hand at consulting, I have a free email course that's called Three Action Steps to Generate Revenue Now, Three Easy Steps, free email course. It will pop out at you if you go to my website at billableatthebeach.com. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Thanks for having me. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.